glass forum and we are here to present another interesting point of view so yeah we did open with the Dikandi music piece which I thought is a good representation of some of the Slavic you know, Eastern European uh, maybe a little Ukrainian you know spirit that's, uh, that's uh, at work within the, the culture in the region there and um, of course I think we listened to that before I just didn't really have as much kind of like prescience as it does now that particular song, maybe. I love this solid music. This is one of my favorite things to listen to. It's called Roma. Is that still from the Gypsies? Variety, I think. They like to be called Roma, the Roma culture. And um, Dikandi is a part of that. Yeah, obviously. So yeah, Russia's rolling out. I guess it's kind of been. You can see it like building up. To that point, so I'm kind of surprised how the news media acted like, you know, like they didn't know what was going on. But we've known for like several years that that, that Putin has pushed up pretty like pretty hard on Ukraine. And um, yeah, and and for the past several months, he's been building up his military on the borders. Yep. Yep. At the end of last year and all this year, you know, Biden is really just so weak and so like vacile and feckless that they, they can't really, and they calculated correctly that he would not respond with any kind of like response. And of course, the, the America is in a bad position too because we have all of our military adventurism going on the last several decades. And yeah, people are sick of war, but this is a justified, this would be a justified war. I I don't know if, it, if they could keep the atomic bomb um, and not use it. Right. I don't know if we can either. <clears throat> I mean, nobody I wants mean, to there's, lose. There's, there's, there's short-range atomic bombs. Um, I believe they can be put in howitzers. I'm not sure, but they're they're minimal damage. But for I mean, for a regular bomb, their the damage is huge. But uh, but for an atomic bomb, they're they're small. Right. If they use that, the fucking genie is uh, the, out of the uh, bottle. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they would accomplish because Ukraine is right on their border, so you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to have an atomic weapon go off so close to your border. But maybe they would use it against some of the enemies. I mean, no one's really slowed down the oil supply. We've been buying oil hand over fist from Russia, and uh, some of the sanctions, I guess, are really hurting the the Russian people more than anything. The swift being put up, you know, putting them out of the swift system so they can't the uh, the actual Russian people can't operate on the. Uh, uh, with, with their debit cards, but at the same time, we're actually funding Putin because we're buying all this oil from him at now exaggerated, like, high prices. So it's kind of a farce, man. Yep. When Trump left office, we were energy dependent, and energy independent. Right. Because yeah, we, were. we weren't ex- we weren't importing any oil. No, we were, de- we were exporting, and... We, we were exporting, yeah. They, they we had to, like, like, they had to work over time to shut all that production down. It must have been running all over the place, flying all over the place, sending you know letters and lawyers and just, just shutting everything down. And now we've just given the, 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 the advantage and, you know, the whole the, the, the whole momentum over to Russia now as he's kind of got his, his oil supplies completely ramped up. So, yeah, it's a tough spot. America, is, our democracy is retarded. And it's bipolar, and you, but I have to I have to still say that I just don't believe that that Biden is a duly elected real president. He just he just seemed like that they ran a huge fraud, a campaign of fraud, and they he's their front man. Yeah, they they just totally sabotaged. Like 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 think about the progress of technology over the last twenty years. If you go back twenty years, you know, like Karate Kid, there really wasn't the infrastructure, the internet didn't exist enough yet for there to be like technotronic manipulations of elections. But now, here in 2020, it was not a problem. They had Wi-Fi, they had you know, modems everywhere. It was easy for them to like hack in and manipulate the results. And, and of course, there wasn't 83 million Biden voters that just don't exist. And there's even less support for him now, you know, than ever. The, you know, so, if, if he really won with 83, which is like 10 million more than Barack Obama at his height of, of, of fame and power, then where's all the support for the guy? It just it doesn't exist. And so we're we're in a, in a stage now where our democracy has been totally uh, reduced to just like I said, technotronic control. It's a technocracy that they can easily just control the outcome more easily than ever. You know. So and uh, imagine if something happened to Biden and we had President Harris, oh or God. something happened to both of them and we had President Pelosi. Yeah. What a dystopic future that would be yeah it's like um what is it um mad max in the thunderdome hits so but i think it's i think it's amazing how right now uh, they, these these individuals like biden i mean they're just they've, they've built up their they've sold their souls they built their entire lives up to this like final moment where he now he's too old to handle it but he's the president and he really doesn't have anything to look forward to except for really the end of his life so, you know, he's just, he's just kind of, well, what, he's, why demented. Not, he's demented. Why not be the hero? Why not be the world hero and do something that's besides follow? No, I don't think he's, he's got it in If you just look at him carefully, even in the, the content of his character and his personality, and just, he just doesn't swing. He's just, he doesn't have it. He has nothing there. And the people, I don't he's believe so he's corrupt. a bad person. I just, he's not fit to lead. No. It's really just the same 
the same people that were, remember when the Trump administration came in, they were being kind of like harassed and investigated by the FBI, who was trying to set them up, James Comey, FBI, those same individuals are just back, you know? So it was just a very brief interlude from the deep state culture, the the, uh, the Clintonistas, so on and so forth, you know what I mean? So that, that whole war machine is back now. It doesn't surprise me that they're just letting there to be letting letting there be an engagement, you know, and, and so they can they can all be hypocrites because Putin is only doing what America has done repeatedly, you know, ten times in the last several decades by going into another country. And um, so their their reasons are probably even more legit. I'm not defending Russia, I'm just pointing out that we we don't really have a leg to stand on right now. That's kind of why there's really no ability to, to take any action because we've really worn it out as far as all of our reasons to go to war and all of the excuses that we make as a country to, to activate our troops. We really, we really don't have any kind of leg to stand on, you know, as far as like an argument to be made because we just are, we sound like huge hypocrites. We still have our troops stationed all over the world and NATO puts a lot of pressure on Russia and now we have a weak president and he, that guy just called our bluff, you know? And they saw what happened in Afghanistan. Afghanistan just completely collapsed. You know? And I mean, they, everyone they ran. The they thing. ran for the hills and they just left the ran too. Yeah, so... It, it, just, it shouldn't surprise us that with that power vacuum in the world that the people are going to read it and take advantage of it. And now we have to recognize that Taiwan is like Silicon Valley... East, it's the next one up all. Or west, yeah. It's like it's where all the chips are made. And if they can take that, they can take all that technology and just, you know, then we'll be in a really bad position to create the kind of technology and the, and the weapons that we need to defend against it as they build up. And, um, yeah, it's a tough spot, you know, but it doesn't surprise me. America has been so corrupt and they were so desperate to get power back in Washington, D.C., and with the presidency, I think that they, they expected Hillary to win. And I think they probably would have had some of these these situations with Putin already kind of, like, ready to go, you know? I think Hillary was always talking about the old confrontation and the old kind of military balance against Russia. That was her main thing, is that she always talked about, you know? She would be the one to show down Putin or to, to stand him down or you know to look him to look him down or whatever. So she does. President Hillary, that's yeah, that's that's going to be a possibility. That's all Biden represents. It's just another another um, rehash of the Obamas and the Clintons and that whole. You, you saw them all together in New York City when they took the picture up there with with the Biden. It's just all them. It's that whole crowd, that whole like power cartel is behind this and they're running the deep state. So now I feel bad for John Durham because he's got a, uh, the Durham report, he's got to fill, finish his, what is he? Um, an independent counsel. He's got to finish his, yeah. his whole investigation of what happened exactly with Trump at the beginning there. But it's now it's like so many years goes by. I mean, no one's ever held accountable. The FBI is completely corrupt and there's no apparatus by which you can, watch the watchers or hold, hold these people accountable. So they're, you know, that's why I call them the new Stasi. They're just a new political, uh, power agency. It's there just to, to protect the party and, um, make sure that no one is outside the, uh, 
outside the plantation there. No one's not far left. Well, I mean... I mean, Biden, Biden answered to Republican values in the speech, a lot of them. Yeah, I never watched it. I mean, I just was, I just kind of crashed out, and I just, I've seen him, like, he's getting old, and I don't want to, like, sit there and stare at him. But I know it's that he painful. would, yeah, he would try to do the speech, and he would try to say the thing, and, but Kamala Harris is scary. Well, I read an article that she, she was over at the, the NATO summit, and that it was just painful. It was, like, humiliating and embarrassing, and she was basically completely out of our league. And that some of the other representatives said that, you know, quote unquote, it was painful to be, to listen to her. So we're in like bad, bad way. I mean, these people are so like conceited and they're so consumed with their own will to power or whatever it is that they'll never step aside and be like, look, you know what? This probably isn't for me. You know, the fate of the whole country is riding on this. Let me just, you know, someone like Kamala, well, Kamala Harris would just step into the role of presidency with such presumption and such arrogance that, you know what I mean? Because that's these they're clutching power pigs, man. You know. Well, I just hate Kamala. She she prosecuted a bunch of people for for weed charges and, and among other things. I don't even know how she got a, a law license to and prosecute. And she said she said that she smoked weed. Right. She was on a uh, uh, radio talk show. I just saw a clip of it. I don't remember, remember what she said, oh. but it something to the Charlemagne the God. I'm what kind of pretentious asshole has a name like that? Charlemagne yeah. the God. Shh, what an asshole. So she goes on that asshole show, and she literally says that she smoked weed, and she her people are from Jamaica, and yeah, she gets down, and then thinking, like, how many prison hours did people do over her, like, prosecuting weed charges? Like, it's just, they're just pigs, man. They're just, they're, they're the pigs. Like, you gotta recognize that she has no value. She just, she just somehow slimed her way all the way to the top. And if you remember the Democrat convention, I paid attention last time, and, and Biden and, and Harris were at the bottom. Of, of 11 candidates, they were at the very bottom. They were like 10 and 11. Yeah, Harris, yeah, Harris was at the bottom. So how did the two bottom-most people become the fucking front-runners? It's just so fucked up. It's, look, Biden has been in Washington, D.C., and has been running elections for 40 years. You know how to cheat? They, they, they paused the election at like 10 o'clock and everyone saw like just shut down, like universal shutdown of, of the count. And then an hour and a half, two hours later, I, I already went to fell asleep. It was like fucking midnight. They started counting again and everything just changed, you know? So it's, it's obvious that it was just, the fix was in. And um, they're still running different, all throughout the different counties and different states. They're still running... Um, people to redo the recounts that that shit's still happening today so in various areas you know like throughout pennsylvania like people it people did not let that go so i think, I we're think looking trump at, needs to be be very outspoken right now i know he, he is they really they think about they really kicked his head in because they took him off twitter which is like he was the president of the united states and they just took him down <laughs> so you see what i'm well, saying they, they well, really, what's up with that how, how could they do that that, that, because he didn't represent their point of view. Yeah, simple as that. They he was saying things they did not like. He was exposing a, a big deep state facade that we're all supposed to believe. You know, yeah, I think he was. You know, yeah, I think he was going to make. You know, he wasn't going with the program. At least that's how it's meant to appear. That's how it does appear from our vantage point. But 
you know, you know, there's really no telling, but it seemed to me that that they were showing that they controlled the internet, the apps, devices, the ability for people to like operate at banks, at Chase Manhattan Bank. People were getting debanked. The whole process of getting like deplatformed was is like real. You know, that kind of censorship is huge. People are under massive pressure not to say the wrong thing because they will they will be at the you know what I mean at the at the mercy of the the digital mob and um, so I think it's the wealthier people the more money you make the more um, woke you have to be and more conscious of like other people's like lifestyles and and just kind of savvy on how people you know what I'm saying you're supposed to just take all the different like leftist values you know for granted. But it's really just the bourgeoisie. It's just the poor people, the poor working class people that smoke Marlboros and believe in Q, you know, QAnon folks. Yeah. Those are the people that really are just spun out and are really the target. They're like the people that wear the red Trump hat and all this nationalism and all this political energy is they're, they're, they're become the fulcrum point, you know. So you have to be kind of wise to the nature of politics. And it just pits two different forces against each other. So um, you can see that on one side they have the the Antifa people that like to go and create riots and create police chaos, and then they can beat the hell out of people in the middle of it, and then just go home because they're all wearing like masks. And and so you can you can see that on the other side of the patriot the patriot community, and really just getting those two different groups to meet on the right night at the right time and. And have that kind of political chaos that's that's already built in. So, and I wonder if there's a Hegelian dialectic shaping up. Surely there is. No, I think I think there is. Um, I think Russia's that, creating the pro- the problem, the antithesis. Somebody's got to take charge. Schultz, the president of Germany, or prime minister, or whatever his title is. Yeah, that's another thing. They he pulled this this stunt right when Angela Angela Merkel was stepping down. There's a new German prime minister, so they're kind of like it's a new administration. They're not really they're not really savvy yet. They're just they're just new. So Angela Merkel probably had more like irons in the fire. She probably had more reading of the lay of the land, haven't been in the job, but it's just this kind of change to a new German administration and it catches them off guard. So Putin really, he's just, you know, he's doing it because obviously there's an opening there to do it. And, uh, I mean, in Ukraine, why not Poland? Why not, you know, he's got Belarus. Why, why not he's, already, he's already warding Estonia and Latvia. Yeah, he's already, he's already warning them that they better not help arm Ukraine. So Poland too, like if they offer support to Ukraine, who's reaching out to the Europeans, then obviously they could make them a military target too, and then it just goes from there. And um, really, it's about is there any anyone willing to contest Russia's power? So I heard that he had riots in the streets in Moscow, and that they were rounding up people that were like basically getting pissed and starting to. to yeah, twenty-year prisons for out speaking out against the government. Right. One of your prisons like this. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be able to. It, the people have to just. It's like gulags, you know. They're, they're back to that. I mean, Putin had it good for a while. He he was popular. He was popular among Russians. Popular among Americans. I mean, he did have. He did have some. Uh, I mean, some good. Good things that he did, but and, you know. 
a lot of the news sources are questioning his sanity, and I'm wondering if that is just uh, just basically. Well, I mean, I, we we should probably question his sanity too, but it, it makes me think that that by his reading and by the, looking at all the different facets of it, like there was an opening there, and there was a chance to to do this, and the the, the leadership is so weak. The, the the politics in America is, are, are, is so destabilized. There's no will here. That you know what I mean. There's there's no support for the president or for the vice president. I mean they're in the low 30s. They're going to stay that way. And ha- most of the American people, the 83 million Americans who went and voted, voted for Trump, and they're pissed off. So I mean it's obvious that you know there's a new German administration. That, you know Europe is weak. They should have already included Ukraine into NATO and into that defense alliance. They should already, you know, Ukraine's sitting there like a huge pork chop. You know, it, it's, it's, yeah. not, it's not protected under NATO. They're not included in the EU. So, like, in what, what was going to happen, you know? It, it was obvious that, I mean, Putin made a huge move on Crimea with the first Bush presidency. And ever since then, it's just kind of been like a slow chess match. And now we weren't ready, and there, there's no will. And, and we've been doing it. We, we've already we've invaded Afghanistan. We invaded Iraq. We invaded like all the other places we put our troops at. And we 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 had battles. We had a lot of people killed. For all we we justified our reasons for doing it. So now we we have no ability to actually open our mouths and say anything. We all can feel it, all of us. It doesn't matter what side of the political, di- you know, dialectic we're on. Even even Biden really can't say much because we can't tell Putin not to do the same shit that we do all the time. You know what I mean? So it seems to me that he created. I mean, in, in he theory, created justification. We had, a, we had a we had a in theory had a right to invade Afghanistan, but Iraq was a sovereign nation. Such as they were. Yeah, no, I think that Russia's, from Russia's point of view, they have dangerous actors and, and, and liberation fighters and so on that they have to deal with. And the fact is, is that Ukraine is being drawn into NATO and that defense, and now put NATO right up against Russia. So there was there was a conflict over, you know, whether you know Ukraine is going to be able to be used as a as a, a wedge against Russia with NATO, and I guess they, they just answer that question that, you know, NATO is not going to be protecting Ukraine, and and, and and so that's that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with the fact that we pushed Russia all this time with with the North Atlantis Treaty Organization, and with, you know, just, it, it, it just, it just kind of was built for this to happen. That's how it looks like to me, you know, it just, it seems like we just, we created an environment where it would certainly happen. I mean, think about Burisma, which is the the huge gas oil company in Ukraine, and they were sending Hunter Biden like just under two hundred grand a month, and had him as one of the the executives on the board. And Hunter Biden was serving as as a go between for the vice president during the Obama administration. So there's been some shit cooking there for a while. The corruption in Ukraine is intense. So it doesn't surprise me that the Putin's going to go there and just put all that in check, you know? Yeah, well, this is part of it. Biden is, might not be a little relieved that right. the records for his son are probably destroyed. Yeah, because Kiev is going to change hands here. 
And even if it doesn't, even if they push the Russians back, like the whole environment is, is totally changed. So they turned that, that world, that stable world upside down, you know? So it's just part of the, the Clinton playbook. You know, they did, they did the same thing with, um, Muammar Gaddafi. Same thing. You know what I mean? It, it just, yeah. they just will just turn your country into a hell hellscape war zone at any given time. You know, that's the part of dealing with having these, these people in your country, you know, and, and you had the, the CIA being run by the Obama administration for, for eight years for two terms. So that's, that's a different kind of world, you know, than, than the American people who are out here fishing with their fishing rods and their pickup trucks. You know, they don't, they don't, I don't think they understand the kind of world that the deep state was busily building. You know, and when that backlash comes, you know, it's not going to be to the the executives in the CIA or in the FBI. It's going to come to in the form of um, military ac- action against America or the terrorist action, terrorist strikes. You know, that's the kind of thing that that's the kind of price that Americans pay when their political leaders are just into just utop- global utopianism and just this fantasy world of a one world order. You know, you remind me of something that's a little off topic, but it, it's, it's in the Obama administration. When, don't you find it conspiratorial to the fact that Osama was shot by SEAL, SEAL Team 6? SEAL Team 6 crashed in a helicopter accident. They got Osama bin Laden and he was, they killed him, and they took him and buried him at sea. Does that, does that not speak to you in some way? Yeah, I mean, I to me, the way I look at it, the way that the State Department rolls like that, I mean, they have these kind of young princes in Saudi Arabia who are millionaires, and you got this guy, Bin Laden, and he wants to take his little... Uh, his little terrorist fighters and go out with equipment and practice, you know, fighting jihad in the desert and you know and prepare. Well, I mean, he was he was trained he was trained by the CIA. He was an operative against the Russians when the the Russians were in Afghanistan. Right. That's right. That's exactly and, right. And everything seems everything seems connected. I guess it's just me. I don't know. It just seems like... No, he was the perfect cutout to use to put for this 9-11 attack, to, to, to place blame on someone, to give the, the American people a, a, a face to hate, you know, this individual. And so it looks like the, the ties, if you just do a little Google search and look into some different writings, the tie between the Bush family and the Bin Laden family, it, it, it existed because there was a, a large Bin Laden construction company. And apparently, if you're going to be a construction company in Mecca and Medina and the holiest sites of Islam, you have to be pretty highly connected. So, you know, of course, the, the Bush administration, the father, the senior, is connected to the Bin Laden construction of, uh, family. And... So, Bin Laden, of course, this guy, Bin Laden's going to have, like, 15 different sons, maybe more. And, um, you know, it turns out that one of the, the sons was useful and probably came to the West to be educated, at least flew into New York Harbor at least one time when he was younger. And so, he liked to play jihadi. And, uh, and I don't believe that he was the one who orchestrated the attacks on 
I'm sure. He, I, I'm, I sure he w- I'm sure he wished that he could, but I think that it seems to me that they were going to have a sudden military and, and societal emergency. They were going to crash the planes into the buildings, and they were going to collapse the buildings, and they were going to use it for a reason to go to war. And I think that as time bears bears out, you'll see that it, it becomes more and more plain that these these events happen during the time of a certain administ of certain president's administration, and it's during their time that they have power to do such things. You know, two years earlier, I believe it was two years. Uh, Wolf, Wolfowitz, remember him? Yeah. Wolfowitz had a had a doctrine, and it was the neocon doctrine, and, and George Bush stepped in, into the uh, into the role. But one of the things that stood out to me more than anything is that Wolfowitz, in his doctrine, said that and uh, we he wanted he wanted our military to go to action again. But in order to do that, we would need we would need a catastrophe on the level of Pearl Harbor. Right. And then two years later, there's nine eleven. And false flags are, are false flags are an integral part of war. Right. No, of course. And all war is based on deception, like we were saying. Yeah. And. The art of war. And so you can see that there was some strange things that happened with Larry Silverstein. He took over the World Trade Centers. Four, four billion dollars is what he got out of it. In insurance. Yep. Yeah. So he, he takes over. And he, was, he was shooting for double indemnity because there were two planes. But right. they didn't give him that. Now I think that it would have been very expensive to take those buildings down. They were very old. It was, they had already been attacked. And what was it uh, previously? In nineteen ninety, would be too specific here. But it was yeah. the first uh, somebody uh, that the blind shake. Right. So they set off the bombs in in the parking b- garage below. Yeah. Of course, it turns out that those particular devices were supplied to them by the FBI, which you can you can follow up on that oh, yeah. on previous shows. Yeah, previous shows we done we we exposed that. The simple fact that the you know, the FBI played an important role in in supplying the bombs for the first 9/11 attack in the 90s, and then of course we're going to have 9/11 and um, and building building nine. There was a building seven. Building seven. Building right. seven. So building seven. No, should look no plane on. hit it. Right. No no plane hit it. It was outside of the destruction. It, it the, came down in its. It came down as a controlled demolition, is what it was, right. and they didn't just suddenly do it. Then, I mean, it takes it took a couple weeks hours. to get that to get all the uh, charges set. Right, and it came down right in its footprint, just just like, just the, like other. the other two did. Yeah, they were all controlled demolitions, and it's, it's going to take people time to step out of the, the the cognitive dissonance and to just come back out of the the narrative that has their minds totally enslaved. And to recognize that it was it, it was definitely an inside operation that did nine eleven, and um, it's something that happened during the the Bush administration, and it's something that's just terribly horrible to say. You know, you know, people would rather just believe in the enemy. It reminds me of the, the book nineteen eighty four of like double speak or you know black white. Yeah, you know, just people not understanding like that their brains are and their 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 response is being controlled by a an media 
algorithm and a social media narrative that just controls what we're basically allowed to say, what's polite speech. It's a powerful instrument that we have here, you know? We carry around these phones with us everywhere, and each phone has 50 apps. Each of those apps are probably billion-dollar companies, and they have permission now to follow you around, look at your microphone, look at your location data here, and see everything you do with this device, because you gave them permission to do it, you know, so, so that you can use the app. Yeah. Um, so the app provides some kind of service to you, but really they're getting all this information on how we live. They're building AI and they're, they're learning how to manage the, the, um, the, the global, the global plantation. I think that's what we're getting back to is the, as the, the idea of nationalism dissolves. So you, the, the idea of like sovereign nations who are independent, who are a law unto themselves who can dictate their own terms and their own laws that kind of dissolves in this atmosphere of world health organization and United Nations control. So it's a one world government of, of treaties and controlling supranational bodies that start to dictate what other countries are going to be allowed to do. It's like the world economic forum, same thing, the party of Davos, they're just a party of elite. Um, they're, they're really the creditors. So as the rest of the American people have to borrow the Federal Reserve note and we have to borrow more trillions and trillions more of, of bank credit, the, uh, the, we're, the, we're the debtors and the creditors are just really putting us into hock, you know? And we're going deeper and deeper into it. So I think they're looking far ahead at, at a situation where the people themselves have um, totally succumbed to the penury and to the uh, debasement of the international banks. And we can no longer, at this point, really afford to pay because we have a volunteer military fighting force. They're not pressed into service. They're paid. And when they can no longer be paid, I don't know what, what that will mean. You know what I mean? So, we have... Right now, Biden, Biden should... Uh, he, he should really press for put out a lot of ads not him but the military to, to uh, join seek recruitment right because I mean that at least shows a little balls well and that would yeah. that you know that might make Russia pause yeah it's hard for us to interject ourselves into with our troops from halfway around the world to us. It's like, it's like us having some kind of military dispute with Mexico and then the Russians fly over and, and put their troops in the middle of it. It's just, it's just a hard spot to, to be in. Like, I think the best thing we can do and what we have been doing is giving the Ukrainian fighting forces certain like, you know, ballistic shoulder fired missiles that can basically blow their tanks up. And if we just keep giving them those, because it's just like a point, laser, click, boom, you know, like you and me could probably do it, right? Because yeah. they're the advanced shoulder fire missiles, tank killers. So if you really want to just change the dynamic, you just keep them stockpiled with those kind of weapons and let them just annihilate the Russians, you know? So that, but it's, it feels so kind of like morbid to talk about in these terms because the Russians, they're probably not, it looks like they have a lot of their. The guys, from my reports, have been like putting holes in their gas tanks, drilling holes in their, so they run out of gas. 
And so basically they can't move forward. There is a little bit of sabotage going on. I don't think there's any kind of heart for this maneuver. And you, you know that they've been doing all these military games. and you know, So one day the military games becomes military real. And they're like, yeah. they showed up. And um, I think... I think that, he wants to build a base. I think yeah. he realizes... I think he wants to build a base he talked to Biden near yeah. Poland. He talked to Biden. Biden's completely dead in the water. The, the, he, the guy is so corrupt that he can't say shit. They might release the photos. There's got to be some photos of this guy. He's, he's just so shut up. And, he, you know what I mean? Whatever sanctions they're doing are just nothing. So... You know, I mean, do you think Putin didn't calculate the most severest of sanctions? No, I think I think it was. Well, he knew that would be the first, the first, you know, shot. Right. Sanctions. No, I think then, he, then you only have war to go to. You know, after if sanctions don't work, you have to go to war. The, the Russian country is the most off-the-grid nation in, in all of the nations of the world, so they're the least affected by our bullshit. You know, they, you know, the manipulations that we do, they, they're the most able to withstand the influence from the West, you know? And uh, I think it's really just the popularity in the streets. That's the problem he has. And the Russian people have to just kind of figure that out. Like, because, like, I mean, the, Ukraine's their neighbor. And I always wondered, like, why don't we just go down to Mexico as America and just take over the rest of the peninsula and just make it, like, three more states? We don't, we don't need, like, yeah, that's the same situation. We have to kind of, like, think about that. I mean, yeah. I mean, because there's a sovereign nation, such as they are. Yeah, but at the same time, what would our justifications be? Well, you guys have three different military-level cartels, billion-dollar uh, trans transnational criminal syndicates in your country. They're killing off the politicians and the judges and all the different people that run democracy in Mexico, they have to basically pay the cartels or get off. So it's because of the cartels that are poisoning the, the whole environment that we would just roll down and just put them out of existence and just free the Mexican people to have their own, you know, they, we, they could send their own senators and representatives up to Washington. They could have regular people like changing the trash. It would be like a very, it would be paradise, you know? And we'd just get rid of the cartels. No more like Drug shipments of fentanyl coming over the border, which it just it just can't be good, man. Fentanyl is just such a it's so like dangerous. It's it's so powerful. I had it in patches one time, right? For my um, I had I have a, a bad disc, and uh, I got it in patches, and it takes about ten hours to get into your system, but when it does, it it's strong. So imagine like them having like they cook up their own and have huge bales of the powder that can kill like 10,000 people. Like that's my concern. Just it seems like a suicide drug or just a toxic. It's just like um, it's like Cyclone B. I mean, it's just so poisonous. You wouldn't take very much just to like kill a lot of people with it. You know, it's very dangerous. And I, I don't know what the head change is on it. Like if it gives you like a good buzz, but it just they, they substitute it for heroin. They cut it down to where it's mild as heroin, which which sounds like an oxymoron, but they have to bring it down to the level of heroin, and they they give it to people, but they're not chemists. They can't mix that stuff right. One person might get a, uh, a 
one dose and one person might get ten doses and it looks the same. Yeah, how would you know? How would you know? Um, where the, yeah, the little the little strong. Sessions? How would you know? Yeah, you wouldn't. And that's how that's what happened. I guess it's like an outbreak. Americans all across the United States are finding this in their drugs, so they want to go out and get high. They go buy some drugs, and then there's some fentanyl laced in your drugs, and and now you're dead. You know, and there's car fentanyl, and apparently car fentanyl is like a hundred times stronger. So I don't know who's making this shit, but it's definitely not. Yeah, it's definitely no good. And we have an invasion on the southern border, and we had two hundred thousand people come in undocumented. You know, last year. Biden says he's going to take action for that now. He's closing the water. Uh, I don't know what that means. If it's true or not. Yeah, they said they were going to start. One thing that was missing from his speech was um, the 13 Americans that were killed in Afghanistan. Right. And nothing about the evacuation of Afghanistan. Weren't they 18-year-olds? Wasn't that like their first day at the, the military post? They no, show up. I think I remember that story, yeah. They show up, they get off the plane, they, they get sent to their post, and they get blown up in the same day. Like, that was their first week in military service. It's amazing. And then he, he starts checking his watch when they bring him back. And this is your sons and daughters. My, my son is interested in, in uh, joining the Florida National Guard. Looks like he's going to do it, too, so... That might be a good idea. I mean, I'm I don't concerned. Think, I think that... Well, I don't know. I, I think it's a safe thing to do. It looks like DeSantis has is, is said that he's pulling his Florida National Guard... Because he's the commander-in-chief of the Florida National Guard, right? So, he said he's pulling his guys out. And they're not, they're not going to send him for active duty or whatever. But, yeah, it's a thing of concern, you know, just to think that your your young people could be put in the military and serve Joe Biden. You know that's why I was so particular about the National Guard because it just it's just not safe. You know if you don't um, have, if you don't have a smart the first, commander, the first good. Yeah, my dad was telling me about that. Military. I don't know what they pay, but they're uh, that's a safe bet. And then you're literally defending your own home. Not going over to defend someone else's home. Which I mean, I think that it's good to do that, but we spent a lot of our our, our nation building capital, like all the excuses that we give the world, and then the whole debacle in Afghanistan. I mean, like Modi and in India, like these different prime ministers, the different in Japan, Abe. I mean, the different like like political leaders of these countries must think that we're crazy over here because we had Trump. Then we have this huge debacle. Then we have Biden, and he just lets Afghanistan fall into this tribal warlord, you know, hands of the the Taliban. And, and so it's just it's just horrifying to think that we, we all so many of our sons' lives, Americans, gave their lives over there. All the people that died, and we cut we cut and ran. Right. What was the point of even going there in the first place? I'm trying to like figure that part out. Like, well, I guess 80 percent of the world's opium is there. So, do we just have to like do a stockpile run, get some extra flour sacks full of opium, fly them home to the State Department, and then we're all full? We have plenty of um, opiates coming through in the form of fentanyl. Yeah. Well, it's not really an opiate, but it's just its molecule is shaped like it. I guess close enough. What is Karl Marx's, what is it, 
opiate of the masses. I can't remember. Religion. Religion, okay. But I mean, religion that, that, is that make, that probably true. But our, I mean, our relationship with God and our faith are not religion, so... Just empty... Religion. Religion is its own thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. People fill up their time with it and mark the days on their calendar with it, but it doesn't get them any closer to understanding God or themselves, or it does no progression. Especially people like... It reminds me of, like, the, the Renaissance period during the Ottoman Empire... When, you know, they weren't just broken down into these, like, tribalistic, ritualistic, like, strictures. Like, they, they, but they actually invented algebra, and they took geometry from where the Greeks had left it, and took it farther, and there was this, like, several century period where Islam was, like, the new renaissance of, like, intellectual development on the earth, right? Yeah, when they were, they were, uh... the Magnificent, right? Look at the mosque and the architecture of Andalusia in Spain. Right. So, but at this point, Islam has taken on this new character, this kind of like ISIS, where you have these uh, these guys who, who stay in the huts, and then they don't read anything at all except for the Quran only, so there's no development of medicine or science or, or geometry or math, it just, they just only read the Quran, and, and, and so they, you know, that's just not how the Ottoman Empire was previously, though, you see what I'm saying, they were actually a geopolitical state, they had to have diplomats, they had to have you know, they had to have complex, the complexity and the sophistication of running a country. They couldn't just only read the Quran only. You know, because, I mean, how dysfunctional would you be if you could only read one book? You feel me? And women, your women are covered. You know, that, that's... I think during the Ottoman period, the women were covered, like, sexily. And then, then, then this current, this current period, they're just covered in a tarp and beat them with a stick. It's just, it's just like a, it's like a retro, it's a rec retrogression of, of society and civilization rather than a progression. So I think that you have to recognize that different parts of the world are being influenced by our State Department and um, the, the influence in the creation of ISIS too, the arming of certain radical groups. That's just, that's the kind of like work that these guys have been doing. That we need to, we need to, we need to put, you know, Washington D.C., the national government, into a position of, of 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 limitation. We need to limit it, just like the Constitution. We we need to limit their power. We need to, to determine, you know, how many, you know, privileges and rights they have. You know, as far as this unlimited tyranny that's running there now on executive orders, we that's not constitutional. It just can't be permitted. It has to be called out and uh, recognized. You know. It's, it, the people don't know that the the national government was not established under the Constitution, so that's something that came on that came later on. You know, someone should do a well, someone should do a paper, and they should outline the bogeyman throughout history because it switches from one thing to another. We're coming out of COVID, and now it's Putin. Right. No. The, before that, yeah. it was uh, who was it before that? Uh, it was uh, it was nine eleven. It was the it was nine eleven. It was the continuous nine eleven fear. And and then the Muslims in general, and now it's Putin. So rest assured that after he's gone, it'll be somebody else or something else. 
And the news just, all the stations right now, are, it's nothing but Russia. Right. What else is happening? No more Anthony well, Fauci. Well, could have been on it. Anthony Fauci. Yeah. Invade. No, it would have been Anthony Fauci on there showing us some more medicine techniques or whatever he does. Better math. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't watch it. I just, I have a couple of like Hulu. I have a couple of them where I try to see some new movies, and I just don't watch the TV. I can't do it. If it doesn't come through through to me on the internet, like on Facebook or something, I just don't get it. So, but I have Getter now, which is really good. I mean, people should try that one out. What is it? It's a Getter. Please send me a link. Yeah, I'll send you a link. But it's just like a new Twitter. It's the one of the fastest growing social media. Uh, websites, you know, so it's 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 not like it doesn't have an algorithm to control speech. It doesn't put little labels over like they don't do the the, uh, the fact checking thing on you. So it's one of those kind of deals. It's free speech, man. So I like it. Yeah. But um, well, I think I want to wrap it up, Sean. All right. Um, Anything else you want to touch say, on? Let's stay in touch on Facebook. All right, but yeah, you gonna check out Getter though? I'll send you the link, but I don't know. If yeah, send me a link. I'll check it out now. Okay, so you have anything? So I'll, else? Look for you. I'll look for you, I guess. What 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 else have you been uh, busy doing? That uh, nothing really. I've I've been putting on weight, I guess. <laughs> Not a little bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I got you. I haven't been busy doing anything, but researching. Yep, I got you. I do the same thing. Alright, well, I'll talk to you soon, man. Alright, bro. Peace. Sit in that lane. Alright, gotcha. Alright, bro. We're just discussing the issues at hand. And it's late. We work hard. I mean, we don't always have a lot of time. We try to put together a podcast. It's hard work. And, um, but we just want to bring forth some of the journalistic values that are missing in today's kind of corporate media uh, which is like propaganda network. So here we are sitting here drinking some coffee. Yeah. And um, well, I was thinking earlier that it, if you told me that I would be a Republican <laughs> 20 years ago, I would slap you in the face. <laughs> but this, our Democrat, the Democratic Party is just, I don't know, they're like some sort of uh, robots or something. I don't know. I can't explain it. Well, the things that they do is just, and their attitude and their control system. But to hear like Mark Levin talk about it, he seems he 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 talks like how the the left, whatever that is, amorphous term, took over the Democrat Party and started to change it. You know kind of change the, the scope of what it is and so it, originally the Democrat party was the party of the, the Confederacy in the South so um, Abraham Lincoln was a Republican and Jefferson Davis in the South, the Confederacy like we said was a Democrat and they believed in democracy in as much as that they had the right to choose to be in the Union and so on and um so you can imagine like the, my, the original KKK, the Knights of the Ku Klux Klan, were Democrats. And uh, now 
those kind of values are not really present in the party of the Democrat Party, but they kind of changed form, and they have these kind of uh, hardcore European radical communists that took over the party. You know what I mean? The Bill Ayers. Yeah, the Bill Ayers, the Barack Obama, the Bernie Sanders, but they have nothing really to do with the original roots of the Democrat Party. It's just a vehicle for them now. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't think the original Democrat Party was a leftist organization, so to speak. And then there you go, left, left and right are just terms that just denote an idea. And it's the... Well, well, what's Biden gonna do? Are we gonna Are we gonna go to war? I think we I think we're gonna go to war. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be the worst war ever. Yeah, I don't know what what's making. Usually, I'm optimistic, but I'm, there's I can't escape it. I just I just know what's gonna happen. Well, you can see that they how much power they have over the culture and over the, the social mentality. Like the way the COVID nineteen thing hit, everyone's masked up. Every, everyone just mass uh, psychosis hit. Everyone was like terrified. You know, people that didn't know how to act in public, they didn't want to. There was no like formal law that was passed. There's no like law in the books that says you had to like wear a mask or follow these rules, but it was like the, the social shaming effect of an idea across the entire society, you know, that got everyone to. To operate together to 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 stem the tide of the virus or what have you, um, and if you didn't want to wear a mask, then you were a nonconformist, and you were you were not you, you know you were kind of framed as not very thoughtful to other people because you were endangering other people by not protecting yourself. Like like we had to go through all that, that the struggle session of all that for several years. You know, it's a crippling. And toxic. And the, the staff haven't really changed that much, and now there's now it's you don't really need a mask that much, right? Unless you go to a doctor's office or something. It's just or where else? Where I wear a mask the other day I was some store had required yeah. a mask. You can just tell when wow. like people are doing it. You, 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 it's like an irresistible force to try to like you know. You could stand out and not do it, but then you know what is it? it's all—it's all psychological. What did you achieve? You come back the next day, you feel differently. You wear it that day, like it's—it's it's just weird, you know. Like, um, and the CDC came out with their guidelines, I think, like two days ago, that said that healthy Americans, all, you know, no longer need to wear masks. So, but everywhere I look, people are still doing it. And they've been trained, like Pavlov's dogs, right? They've been trained to wear the mask, so it's going to be a long while before they let it go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon they'll just draw a mask on their face and yeah, or tattoo a mask. Yeah, just use yeah. Yep. Well, my mother had it and my daughter had it, and I was around them when they were contagious, not purposely, but just it was unavoidable. And um, I didn't get it, right. but I got the vaccine. So, well, if you if you get I, I I drained the Kool Aid. Well, the vaccine is supposed to give you an immune response so that there's all these antibodies. So if you were around someone and your antibodies were up, then it didn't get through and it didn't affect you, right? Yeah. So that's cool. Um, but I just wonder about these later 
these late, later um, variants, you know, the, the later, the Omicron, kind of down the line, I wonder if um, if it defends as well against those later um, variants. Omicron is such an ominous name. Right. Omicron. But apparently it had, like, a very diluted effect, like, it, it, the, 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 uh, the symptoms were very, like, kind of mild. That's, that was what I heard reported. And I didn't get the vaccine, I just took the brunt of whatever infections and pathogenic viruses were in the area, and they, they hit me. I'll lay down for a couple days, and then try to recover with vitamins. And, that's uh, probably, that's probably the me. best course of action, really. Yeah, I'm, I'm younger, so I mean, uh, you know, I, I wasn't as endangered as some older people, I'm sure, were concerned about that. Just taking a direct hit. But I think it's good yeah. for your immune system because now my immune system is pretty is adjusted to these new these new um, new information, you know, these new these new infect infections, and uh, I think I'm you know my immunity is up, and if I get come in contact with it again, my body will probably just kill it, you know, without having yeah. any symptoms. So, but no big elephant in the room. Well, I mean, where's where's Anthony Fauci at? I mean, that was like a lot of like powerful brainwashing propaganda we experienced there. They just pulled him out. They just like got the the hook around the neck and he yanked him off the stage and he's gone. He's the highest paid federal employee that we that in America. Truly a a Jesuit, if there ever was one. Just a mastermind behind the scenes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He smacks a Jesuit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The society, the society Christ. Yeah, yeah. he's 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 got to be coming from the, those backgrounds. He, he yeah, you can see how how efficient he handled it. Yeah, totally, totally. I can see thing. him with that a little a little um priestly cap on. Yeah, you know, totally. talking about yeah, Anthony Fauci. Yeah, he's all the way in there. But um, the uh, the Georgetown set. Sometimes I listen to um, uh, Steve Bannon's show, The War Room, and uh, it's funny because they were they had this guy and there was like, you need to this is a Lenten a, a Lenten diet uh, diet book. So it's a it's a Lenten diet book. It's a, it's a diet book for Lent, right? Which is kind of weird. Cause oh, oh yeah, you lost me on that. Wow. Yeah, no, it hit me hard. Yeah, it hit me kind of hard. I was like Lenten diet book. But on Lent, they're supposed to um, uh, not eat; they're fast anyway. And so I was thinking, look at how ironic it was—a Lenten diet book on Steve Bannon's show. But um, no, I mean, as Protestants, I mean, we just don't really do Lent. It's kind of super added pagan dimensions to uh, to the religion that people get caught up in, I guess. I, I don't understand it. I know you. I know. The ashes from Palm Sunday are used for the next year's crosses on the forehead. That seems very sacerdotal. It, it seems, yeah, it, it seems, it seems a bit pagan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, in the, I mean, typically, I just recognize that the, the Lord went in Passover and uh, was crucified, and they were under a lot of pressure because of the Sabbath period, so they wanted to hurry up and kill him faster. And, right. Um, so it was really just Passover was the central focus, and the, the Easter thing is kind of weird because every year it's at a different date because they 
they they they have to divine the Easter holidays date by the first new moon of spring. So that's right. how that works. So when you know what the first new moon of spring is, the following Sunday is is Easter. So that's why Easter always like every year it's always like uh, like pops around on different spots on the calendar because it's always a Sunday. I think so. They always set it up to be the Sunday following whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's a moon thing, you know. It's it, that's what uh, Easter or Estrus or uh, Astarte or uh, you know, yeah, Ishtar. Ishtar. Yeah, Ishtar. They're all the same. Isis. They're all the diff- different languages um, pronunciation of the same goddess, who is really like yeah, Sam- Aramis. <clears throat> which is an offshoot of the Sumerian. Um, who was in the Bible? Uh, in, in he was a mighty hunter. Oh, Nimrod, uh, right? Nim, Nimrod, Semiramis, and right. Amuz. Exactly. It's the holy, the unholy trinity. The unholy trinity, yeah. And people always try to point out that Mithras and these, these all these other like sun deities come out of that same pattern, and so does like Horus. And Isis and and Ra or or uh, however that goes in Egypt, it's the same kind of trinity, and so they people like to point out that somehow that uh, that, that those totally and eight. I, I don't I don't know if this is true, but I've heard it several times from different sources. The uh, IHS in his service is Isis Horus Seth. Which makes some sense, Seth. I don't know where Horace fits into that, though. Right. And he was the the, uh, the evil brother. Yeah. Or uh, he's the evil brother-in-law of Isis. Yeah, but it took it took the same pattern that the Babylonian system had because it came after, and so all the subsequent pagan empires had the same kind of working religious themes and. Uh, and uh, devotional characters, so that their gods were these same, uh, you know, mother-father uh, duality. So, you know, in Rome they had Gaius and in Gaia. Does that sound right? But yeah, but no, they had to, they had to have this sun and moon motif, this black and white kind of. Um, and it's the same thing if you look in the Old Testament, the the priests of Ball and the priests, priestesses of Ashtaroth were separated, male and female. They were separated, and they would, the, the men would wear the black, and the females would wear the white. So there was this in the ancient Babylonian mysticism. You could see the black and white duality is is the symbolism of magic and and the occult power system. You know what I'm saying? Right. So black and white tile. Right. So that's the, that's the foundational part of the aspect of it, I think. And that's how we are racially, too. Now, as a society, we're broken down racially as blacks and whites. And the Freemasons walk on the black and white tiles beneath their feet when they do their rituals. And, and that's a symbol of their power, magical power. So and we as black and whites are like the low, base, chaotic forces that need to be controlled. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. what it means in Masonic terms. I work with I work with a guy who is he he just went through all, all the necessary degrees to become worshipful master. 
in Prince, the Prince Hall uh, fraternity. And he was such a terrible person, man. It was, it was just, he was just awful. Was he criminal? He was so high and he was so high and had such an ego, ego boost from Freemasonry that, that it was just, it was just sickening. Wow. He had the jewelry and this, everything was Freemason. Everything was, uh, related to Freemasonry with him. But he didn't preach it, but he sure, he sure as hell Wore the clothes, and I, I'm surprised didn't wear. I'm surprised his nail apron didn't have um, a Masonic symbol on it. Right. That would have been fitting. Yeah, I mean, I'm not impressed. I mean, I guess that it's a mechanism by which effectively utilizes and controls men in the fraternal sense. Like, you know, it, it kind of gives you that whole like little league young boy, attaboy pat on the back, kind of gets you going. You know, and, right. And, you know, guys who don't really have a direction or they have this kind of void where religion, it should be. That's how Scientology gets you. That's how Mormons get you. Because they just, there's a space for where people are kind of gullible and they'll believe anything, you know. So, you know, that's why you have to be careful. You have to be kind of be aware and be open to different kinds of contrary information so you can learn. But, um, you know, I think it's extraordinary what's happening in the world. I think we are we are in a crazy time. I mean, Putin knows that Biden is so weak. The way that our government works, there can be a bunch of like little puppets in the back, background running around, like issuing commands in Biden's behalf. But it really has to do with the accountability of the generals, the ability to lead the army and the military, like command the. You know what I mean? And then you have Kamala Harris. So we're so screwed right now that. I think the guy realizes he can just run buck wild and he's really not going to get a, co you know, a cohesive response from America. It makes sense. So, he, can, he, well, he's the richest man in the world, for one thing. He is now. Yeah, and he, and it, it's all, all from corruption. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, he's definitely a crime. He's definitely like, uh, but you got to recognize that the whole, the whole situation in Russia is an oligarchy anyway. So he's the king oligarch, you know? So, how fucking dangerous is that? It's dangerous. He has to be able to lead the people. I think he's on his last, I think he's on his last hurrah right now. Yeah, I think he's getting old, and he's looking at the, the end of his life where he just blinks out, and he's trying to make, make sense of it all. He's had all the things there are to have. The Putin has, he has all the mansions, he's got, he's got everything that a man could possibly want to ever achieve. But now he's got to wonder, like, what's it all mean, you know? So... That's a tough thing to, to deal with. <laughs> it looks like who, he's... Who does that? Who bombs, who, who bombs a sovereign nation that wants nothing from Putin and wants to be in NATO? Who bombs that nation? You know, I, I see all these images on the news, but houses bomb, neighborhoods bomb, right. places that it's look like places I've hung out. Yeah. Destroyed. No, I hear that. I just don't see it into it. I think it's going to accelerate. I think he's going to get more. It's going to be more and more barbaric. Going to get the reports out of the barbarism. And today, well, they've said a few times that we're not going to going to have boots on the ground on the ground there at all. That's not going to happen. It's hard to hear it. Yeah, it's hard to even insinuate. He's going to be such a villain that we have to. Boots on the ground. 
we have to go to war. That's how Saddam Hussein was. That's how Osama bin Laden was. They're going to be boots on the ground. And both our kids are at the age where they might get drafted. Right, no, I think the same thing. We talk about it all the time. But I, I don't I think, I think before that, I think they're going to be a, a, a nuclear strike. A tactical nuclear strike. And Putin's going to blame it on... He's going to blame it on the... the uh, Nuclear power plants that he's right. bombing. No, I thought about that too, bro. I swear I did. Yeah, it seems like there could be. Yeah, they could already have reasons to have the atomic energy uh, agency in there. So I don't know if what really. Yeah. I'm not really sure what he's trying to accomplish or what you know who the enemy is exactly because it's Ukrainian independence. So who, who actually, how does he actually win? Like, how many of the civilians actually have to be shot or, or killed? Or like, you know, what, what's victory look like in Putin's, you know? He, he takes Ukraine and then he has like a whole nation of people hostage that are resisting him. And then what happens next? Like, you know what I mean? I'm trying to see what he wins here. Like, what, is, what does he win out of all this? Like, that's scorcher. I mean, that's what he's doing. Right. Yeah, he's just blowing up apartment buildings. I see that. I mean, I, I can't look at it too closely because it's pretty morbid, but it's coming through. You know what I see coming through. So let's say we let's say the world doesn't take action and he totally takes Ukraine. Right. Like you just said, what is what is he going to get from a a war torn wasteland? Is what he's turning it into. Right. And I'm just wondering, like, how this plays in Russia, how the people make sense out of it, and, you know, like, have to, you know, everyone has, has to think this through, and it's strange, I guess, on some level, Putin, in his, you know, from his point of view, his argument will be that he couldn't allow Ukraine to become a NATO ally, because that would just be a total encirclement of Russian um, hegemony, you know what I mean? So they're kind of boxing them in. And you can see this coming for a while. I guess it's he didn't just jump out and do it. He's been building up and massing troops there for over a year. So it just kind of as soon as soon as Trump went out, it seemed like Putin just started doing his shit. It's been on ever since, you know. If you look at the reports, yeah, look how he, look he, how he, Trump, he was, yeah, how Trump was pushing him back. He could, yeah, he could, Trump, he, could, he could do the same thing. We could take. We could have taken. Um, we could have taken Putin out several times, I'm sure, recently. Right. And didn't go for it. Who yeah. steps in after Putin? Right, that's the I don't, I don't. I don't know the Russian power structure. And if they're angry and they have, like, now they have, a, like, a, an axe to sharpen, if that's the right analogy, yeah, you wouldn't want to put the wrong person in at the wrong time with the wrong bad attitude. It would be horrible. But it's really just the, the Russian people themselves and their military that have to suffer the consequences of these leaders directing these kind of, you know what I mean? So it's got to be tough working that out. And, of course, the Russian army isn't like a terribly veteran army. They haven't fought in a lot of battles. They, they, got, they got really destroyed in Afghanistan back in, what is it, the 70s? But since then, there haven't really been major Russian military maneuvers in the world. And so these young Russian soldiers are going to have to learn how to become serious fighting individuals, you know? Because America's army 
is fully geared up with like actual killers right now. You know what I mean? They've yeah. already been in combat. They already know that how to fight, wage a war, and um, that's not something that you can teach people. They have to actually be in that that warrior culture. 